They want to hear the Thanksgiving song. All right. All right. This is uh, this is a Thanksgiving song. I hope you enjoy it. Love to eat turkey. <laughs> <laughs> love to eat turkey. I love you. Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Debari, my co-host, Matt Walker, and as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. So, it is a kind of, sort of, abbreviated week. We got a couple Thursday games. We already talked about that in our Thursday Thanksgiving spectacular. Then we got a couple. We have a game on Friday, which I was just revealed to me yesterday when we recorded our Thanksgiving show. So I didn't even know that was a, a thing this week, which I was at first miserable, but I'm slightly excited now. So short week on Sunday for football this week, Sunday, Monday, but week 11 is in the books. We are in week 12. I believe we both have missed on the Scott Fishbowl playoff, which begin this week. I am in the middle of what I am believing to be my worst fantasy season in about a decade. Uh, but it is what it is. Nothing to be thankful for there. Walk, how are you <laughs> and where do you want to get started? Oh, wow. Yes, uh, you are correct. Uh, no Scott Fishbowl postseason for me. Uh, a year after I made my deepest run in the playoffs, I uh, decided to hitch my wagon to uh, Trevor Lawrence and Daniel Jones uh, as my quarterbacks. And, you know, of course, Trevor Lawrence doesn't decide to have a decent football game until this week when, when it didn't matter for me. But that plus injuries has, has made for a, an interesting fantasy season across the board. Um, I made the decision that I am now going for the 101 in my home dynasty league as I was a fringy playoff team that just lost uh, Joe Barrow and Mark Andrews uh, last Thursday. So I said, okay, I, I could probably squeak into the playoffs. I have good depth. I'm not winning this thing. So be realistic. You know, go get you a Marvin Harrison. All right. Is there enough time for you? If you're a fringe playoff team, are there enough weeks and are the records favorable enough for you to drop that far? Okay. The interesting thing here is this is only a 10 man league. Um, it's a friends, a close league. So we don't just assign playoff spots by record. There is a, a, uh, it's called the incentive to compete bracket where the bottom four teams mm. play each other for the one one So it's not clean. And I, I, there's so many holes in it and anyone could probably figure it out, right? If you're the best of the worst teams, you might, you should theoretically get the one one right? So if you're, if your team's seven, you I should like be it. able to beat the lower teams, but with the injuries I've had, that's not necessarily the case. Right. And we only require that people start valid active lineups, right? So you're allowed to tank if you want. There's no potential points. There's none of that shit. You can do what you want, right? These are friends. No one's going anywhere. You know, the league's been fully realized. So yeah. do what you think is best. So I said, what's best for me is to not try to eke into the playoffs and then get knocked out in the first round and have like the sixth or seventh pick. You know, it makes more sense for me to, <laughs> to drop down. So I made a couple, you know, roster changes after that Thursday night game last week to ensure, you know, a defeat. Yeah, you know, which which I did, you know, and I will continue to do so over the next couple of weeks until the playoffs, and then I will go guns blazing. And it's only one QB league; it's, it's a retro league, so you know it's Marvin Harrison, no doubt, one hundred and one. Um, 
in this league and and I could use them. My receivers are getting a little old. So even in that league where I can't win it, but you know, I still have reason to uh reason to play and uh attempt to uh make my team better for the future. So you're right. There's been a it's been a bloodbath this season. I have a ton of Kirk Cousins, I have a ton of Joe Barrow in my dynasty leagues, um, in those super flex. And that's just it's really tough to come back from that. Like, you know, putting um Jake Browning in doesn't solve the problem. Like it just it just doesn't. Right. I mean, and that's even if you had him, if not, now he's like, you're going to pay a, you know, out the nose for him uh, for a guy that you just, that you don't even want to start you now if, if you, if you get him. So yeah, it's been, it's been one of those years, John, but, but we forge on, bud. You know, we, uh, we already knocked out the Thursday games coming up. You know, I, I did break the, the Black Friday game to you. And, you know, I think we talked about who's playing. It's the Dolphins at the Jets, right? So we get another, you know, Island Jets game, but, you know, did you know that, Robert Sala finally pulled the plug on old Zachy Wilson. And, right? and so, really pulled it. You know, he's QB3 now. Oh, yeah. He's, he's not like, even. You're, you're done, done. Trevor Simmons has been around long enough. Yeah, you are You are not coming anywhere. You're the emergency quarterback uh, at this point. You will never play for the Jets again. Yeah, so Tim Boyle is the starter with Trevor Simeon, who probably should be the starter, backing him yeah, up. You know, he, I agree. I, mean, I even think two weeks of Trevor Simeon. If Josh Dobbs can pick up a playbook in seven hours – yeah, I mean, think two weeks of Trevor Simeon should be competent enough to be an upgrade from Tim Boyle because that dude sucks too. Well, and Simeon was on the practice squad, so he should. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's been around. He's he's had a few weeks. Yeah, you know, let's let's make the, make this happen. I mean, we just, just stop with this meritocracy where we just we have to work down the depth chart to get to this guy. No, you need to be fighting for your playoff lives here, Robert. What? Yeah, you know, quick another quick, quick thought on your team tanking, and uh, we 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 went on and on about potential points the other day you know what the craziest thing to me about about tanking and people saying oh you shouldn't it's not fair go to potential point does everyone just think you're gonna hit that 101 like there's there's a long history of busts i mean look at go back to you know Bijan was obviously and, and is good when he gets on the field but he hasn't put up what you wanted to see from your you know, Universal yeah. Dynasty 101 pick. Saquon Barkley no was a Gibbs. good one. Zeke was a good one. But you go back, you look like 2017, which was stacked, and you could have come out of that with, you know, Cooper Cup, who's been a good long-term Dynasty asset. You had McCaffrey, who wasn't even in the conversation at that time for the 101. It was pretty much Fournette and Corey Davis in most leagues. And it's like, you still have to hit the picks. That's the thing I don't get about the, the anti-tanking or this guy's got this pick, you still have to fucking hit on these guys. So it doesn't granted you can, you can trade it, right? Someone will give you, if they like that last year, somebody really wants Bijan, you may be able to get a King's ransom of established players flipping that pick and you go, okay, this team's better, but you still have to hit on the picks, which has always been nuts to me how people don't, Oh, so it's just not fair. He's tanking. He's got the 101. If my team sucks and I tanked yeah. anyway, and I get the 101 and I draft whatever, Harrison could bust. It is possible. We'll just go with that guy. Could you throw his name out there? My team still sucks. It didn't matter that I tanked. I'm just giving you free money. So why do you care? That's that's my thing. If you're paid through, right? Then yeah, I, I I believe you should be able to do what you want with the team. Like I think we said when we went in that long conversation last week. Like sure, there's like a breaking point, right? Where if a guy's just that bad for that long, I mean, 
if he leaves, you're you're screwed because his team is just trash. You know, he's picking the wrong players. He's you know doesn't he's not competitive. He, you know, and then you're trying to backfill that. Sure, I get it. You know, I mean, like you said, I don't think there's a there's a perfect formula. That my thought has always been: I paid for this league. I can do what the fuck I want. Yeah, like I like I, I I'm not doing it. You know, in opposition of the league, and like we were talking about, like competitiveness and things like that. It's like okay. You know, so be it. Like the schedule's random, right? I'm not waiting till a certain point in the year to then lose games so I help someone else out. I'm doing it still for my team. I don't care that it benefits someone else. That's 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 random. You know, that's that's yeah. a computer generation. You know, I'm not I'm not doing it to intentionally help someone else. I'm actually trying to help my team, which is what everyone should be doing with their fantasy teams, right? And that in in theory, I mean, that's what NFL teams are supposed to be doing. That's what fantasy teams should be doing. You know, yeah, actually evaluate your team appropriately and make the decisions that are best for your team. Right. And for this team, it's for me to lose some games. Right. Yeah, now I'm at a point now where I'm going to be locked out of the playoffs, I think in a week. So then I'll start a lineup. I'll try and beat whoever in, you know, week 13, whatever. Sure. Once I know I'm out of the playoffs, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll try and beat people. So be it. But I have to make sure I'm in a position to get that one on one. Just the reality of the situation. You know, and I'm not hiding it. I'm starting starters. Like I sat Garrett Wilson for, um, Gabe Davis, because he's boomer bust. Gabe Davis could have had a huge week. Gabe Davis didn't have a catch. Garrett Wilson had one catch, right? That's, I mean, the, isn't it? that's the scary part, isn't it? I mean, I yeah. talked about winning when you're tanking, and you're like, because the guys you do put in, yeah. Gabe Davis could, could have caught five balls for fucking 180 and four touchdowns. You go, oh, God. Yeah, listen, I sat Trey McBride for Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas outscored Trey McBride. It was by like 0. 0.3 yeah. points, but he outscored him. Yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah, you know, it, it's, I was starting players that would start in most leagues still, right? Maybe not a 10 team league, but I'm not, I'm not like throwing, you know, Isaiah Hodgins out there, you know, Paris yeah, Campbell, is- you know, shit like that. I'm not, I'm not just burning it down. My team's good. My bench is good. I just, I, I have yeah. too many injuries. I lost Chubb and Dobbins at the beginning of the year, and then yeah. I just lost Barrow and Mark Andrews. I'm not going to win it. I'm just, I'm just not. It's just yeah. this delusion that you're that like people are going to hit every pick, like especially yeah. for for people that have done it long enough. Like even the good picks are fifty fifty at best. You know, it's like what what do you what do you think's going to happen? I mean, the the league we played in, we've talked about it a couple of times throughout the year. I took a chain at like what was that? Like two six. He just mm-hmm. kept falling. Nobody, and I tried to trade out. Somebody come get a chain. Nobody wanted. I was just like, eh, fuck it. I guess I'll take him. And now, now he's, you know, yeah. been an important part of their team. It's like, whoa. But if, if anyone thought he was going to be that, he fucking would have went like top yeah. four. So stupid. Yeah. Speaking of, I took Devon a chain at a uh, pick uh, 106 in this, in my, in that home dynasty league. So he's sitting on my roster too. So built, I have a building block in him. Because I did, I didn't. I wanted running back. So, and then in a non-super flex league, like the quarterbacks didn't carry any value, right? So, the the, the both running backs went, and two of the receivers, three of the receivers went with those first five picks. I was like, all right, I'm not thinking Quentin Johnson, that's for sure. So, let's let's go with an upsidey running back. In mm. a, in a, I didn't have him anywhere. So, all right. So, what a what a good wading into these deep fantasy waters we've had. So yeah, we, uh, we're going to 
recap week 11 on to week 12 only a few precious weeks of the fantasy regular season like you said scott fishbowl's already starting to, starting to play off at, uh, at this point in time so no other league that i play in or know of is is like that but you know some of these you know charity leagues you know are are done sooner um rather than later um i think we were saying the Razz Bowl, right we had to set lineups last week right i didn't even check to see if i won or lost but my lineup was pretty much set because my entire bench is on injured reserve yeah, at this point, so I don't have to check it again. I mean, there's no changes to be made <laughs> in my lineup, whether I advance. I didn't or even not. make. I didn't even make the playoffs. I didn't even check. Oh uh, no, but you were you were in a tier where I think you were still supposed to try. There was something where you were right. Shit. Well, I think you were supposed didn't. to because, like, I wasn't a top whatever, <laughs> but like, I could win like an elimination bracket somehow to get in there because I was at like five. I was four or five or something. Like that. I wasn't the top three. Or read the email and it pretty much said, "Yeah, go set a lineup." I don't know if you were beyond that threshold, but you didn't set a lineup anyway. So hopefully what was already predetermined for you could, could do something, but let's, uh, let's dive into some of these games. Yeah. So we already discussed the Thursday night games, you know, that'll be coming out tomorrow, tomorrow. That'll be coming out on Wednesday. Um, and this, I would assume, John, what do you think we release this on Thanksgiving? This, uh, the remainder, or do we wait until Friday to release it? What do you think? Mm -hmm. I mean, we could release it Thursday. People may listen to it while they're cooking or something. There we go. So we're talking about the Friday game. It's gonna yeah, be. I was gonna say, right? We did. We probably should have talked about that game yesterday's podcast and included the Black Friday game with the Thursdays, but we didn't. So yeah. Well, so you will hear this on Thanksgiving morning um, before the games kick off. But we've already discussed those games, so you know we'll we'll look into that Black Friday in the weekend. But one key stat from last week. So I focused on just the winners uh, for my one key stat this week. Usually I just pull something of relevance from the game, but I wanted to give the, the winners are just due. So we'll start off on that Thursday night bloodbath massacre where the Cincinnati Bengals season was abruptly ended in Baltimore on Thursday night where the Ravens won 34-20. to 20. Ravens went to 8-3. and three, Bengals fell to 5-5. Five and five. Zach Taylor said it's not over. Uh, I hate to break these, Zach. It's uh, it's totally over uh, for you. But Gus Edwards has scored nine rushing touchdowns in the last five weeks alone. That dude is an absolute tank at the goal line. He's unstoppable. Now Mark Andrews is out. They're probably going to become even more run-based than they were before. Gus Edwards is going to win people fantasy championships this year. We're just a little ahead of the curve. Yeah, we love Gus. And all it took was J.K. Dobbins being uh, injured yet again, you know, for for the Gus bus to finally leave the depot. But yeah, stud almost two touchdowns a week, multiple uh, three touchdown games during that span. He's been he's been awesome. Doesn't really do a lot in a passing game, uh, but doesn't matter when he's guaranteed to score a rushing touchdown every week. He has like a eleven point baseline, you know, like fifty in a touchdowns, like a floor for him right now. But he has twenty plus point ceilings every week and. That's not going to change for the foreseeable future. Um, Mark Andrews, they said injury not as serious as originally thought, um, that he could return type thing, but he's done for the regular season, uh, at least. Some ligament damage, like fractured you know, his tibia or something like that. So he ain't coming back anytime soon. So that just sucks a lot of focus out of that offense, and I can just see them falling into the run even heavier going forward. And them on to the Dallas Cowboys, who tried their damnedest not to put away the Carolina Panthers. This game was 17-10, or sorry, 17-3. Oh, my apologies. 17-10 at the end of the third quarter. 
We had a dogfight, and then Dallas reeled off 16 unanswered, including a pick six. But Tony Pollard finally scored a touchdown, his first since week one of the NFL season. He currently sports a shiny 2% TD rate on the year. Just as a reminder, he was at 4.7% last year. Fuck. 2% TD rate. He's been been an absolute disaster. Three touchdowns on the year. Two in week one, and this was his first rushing touchdown. Since then, he has not looked explosive at all, and the Cowboys are not using him appropriately. From that on to a game that just probably shouldn't have been played. The Cleveland Browns defeated the now Matt Canada-less Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, yeah. And in Cleveland, Dominic, or sorry, what was it? DTR. Totally forget his name. Um, <laughs> he threw it 43 times for some odd reason. 35% target share to David and Joku. I am I'm giddy. With uh, my David and Joku trade from you, all it took was me having to absorb, you know, the corpse of Adam Thielen. But he was fine this happy. week. Couldn't be happy. Yeah, sure. He was fine on my bench. That's where he's fine sitting. <laughs> Barring an injury, he will not start for me again. But David and Joku just might, um, as he is clearly the binky for DTR. Thirty-five percent target share is bonkers. Fifteen targets on the game. On to the Lions in a back and forth. Pretty pretty awesome game to watch. The Detroit Lions won 31 to 26. They Detroit Lions went to eight and two on the year. The Chicago Bears rightfully fell to three and eight. So on the week, Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery saw exactly 14 touches each on the game. And they were both productive. I think that will persist through the year. We already talked about the Thanksgiving game where I said these guys are going to rush for 200. So Gibbs and Montgomery could end up posting RB1 seasons in tandem by the time this is all said and done. Yeah, nothing crazy about that at all. No, I mean, they, they're going to get the work and the way that they win is totally different. So it's uh, definitely possible. And that on to the Green Bay Packers hosted the Los Angeles Chargers and won 23 to 20. Both teams are at four and six now on the young seat, not the young season, on the season. And Jaden Reed is clearly the focal point of this offense. After Aaron Jones left, they made they they actually started getting him involved in the run game. He had three carries for 46 yards and a touchdown. He also saw six targets, secured four of those for 46 yards in the game. He is their offense, and now Aaron Jones is injured, and there's probably a strong likelihood that he's going to be involved in the backfield even more going forward. So, you know, his touch floor is just going up. He is the wide receiver to own in Green Bay. Not just this season. Dynasty. I, I don't disagree. Yeah, like we liked them coming out. Had a, we had did. A night. Yeah, big big yeah. fan. So now, the upstart Houston Texans. You know, are our Houston Texans, John? They take care of the Kyler Murray led Arizona Cardinals. Even though CJ Stroud didn't have his best game um, of the season, they won twenty one to sixteen. The Texans are now six and four. Cardinals fall to two and nine. Devin Singletary. 22 carries, 112 yards, and a rushing touchdown, and another two catches on two targets for six yards. He has totally pipped Damian Pierce, who has been inactive the last two weeks, but it doesn't matter. Devin Singletary has taken a stranglehold on this backfield and is going to be a top 20 running back 
for the rest of the season. He did most of that damage in the first half. They abandoned the run, started throwing it a lot more in the second half. I actually watched this game. Turnovers by C.J. Stroud didn't let Devin Singletary go. Devin Singletary could have rushed for like 180 yards and two touchdowns. Easy in this game, the way he was running. He looked great in that game. I... I don't trust these teams not to give Pierce the job back. Listen, I agree with you that he's Damian probably Pierce was not a, you know, the head coach was not even there when Damian Pierce had like a nice eight games last year. So there's, there's no allegiance <laughs> in my opinion. They, they want to win games and Devin Singletary has been just far more productive, far like infinitely more productive, but you're right. I mean, would it surprise me if Damian Pierce returned and, you know, was the the head of a 60 40 split no it wouldn't surprise me because of the nfl but i don't believe that it will happen devin singletary has been fantastic the last couple of weeks yeah the jacksonville jaguars bounce back after getting just emasculated a week earlier and they beat the hapless tennessee titans 34 to 14 the jaguars are now seven and three on the season the titans fall two three and seven calvin ridley just like it should have, we should have known, right? It's against Tennessee. Seven for 103 and two touchdowns. Looked great. Um, he was on my bench. I don't know about you in any leagues. You had him in. I finally pulled him out. I put Debo in. Should have saw Tennessee matchup and, and adjusted. But I've been souring on Calvin Ridley as he has not been really startable for the last several weeks. Um, but had a, had a great game against Tennessee. So can't take it away from him. The Miami Dolphins hosted the Antonio Pierce-led Las Vegas Raiders and lost 20-13. to 13. Dolphins go to 7-3 and three on the season. I, I told you, I said this is going to be the, the beginning of a losing streak for the Raiders who fall to 5-6. and six. It was closer than I thought it would be. And uh, Aiden O'Connell threw like three interceptions, two of which went to uh, um, Jalen Ramsey in, in the game. So I, I don't Did you see the that. one in the end zone that he yeah. got? Uh-huh. Uh, he appeared to be flying. <laughs> yes. He I've never seen summer. anybody he was certainly stay was... in the air so long. <laughs> and this is like, a man well, who just came back from a knee injury that required surgery. Yeah. He's two weeks yeah. back in the league. It looks fresh as a daisy. Yeah. You know, how they only won by seven was beyond me. But you started looking at, we were talking about large spreads, right? And it's just like, I don't these two touchdown spread in this game. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. The Dolphins definitely should have won by a lot more, but Tua, you know, fumbled one away, threw a pick in the game, like allowed the Raiders to hang around um, in that game. But key stat, Tyreek Hill, unbelievable. On the season, he has 79 receptions for 1,222 yards and nine touchdowns. Last season, he totaled 119 receptions for 1,710 yards and seven touchdowns. Already exceeded his touchdown record. He's trending over his uh, receptions and yardage record easily, and he is just staring down the barrel of a 2,000 yard receiving season. He's unguardable. From that, on to the Tommy DeVito led New York Giants heading to the nation's capital to defeat the Washington Commanders 31 to 19. I don't know why these teams are winning games is beyond me. The Giants go to three and eight. On the season, the commanders fall to four and seven. And the aforementioned Tommy DeVito throws for 246 yards, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions. I only give you this stat line to let you know that the commanders' secondary is yikes worthy. Whoever they play, rest <laughs> of season, term. that quarterback is a mandatory starter. They are all time bad. Their, their back end 
is disgustingly bad, and now they have no pass rush to even keep teams honest. Um, although they did have like 17 sacks the week prior, but that aside, Tommy DeVito, yes, the guy that Dayball wouldn't let throw a forward pass two weeks earlier, guts the Washington Commanders and makes and brings uh, Saquon Barkley back to life. San Francisco 49ers host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. San Francisco dispatches of them with a non-cover. Again, on a 13-and-a-half-point game, the 49ers won 27-14. It's crazy how Vegas works. 49ers go to 7-3 on the season. Buccaneers fall to 4-6. and six. Brock Purdy, 84% completion percentage, throws for 333 and three touchdowns, and he wasn't even trying. It just... It, it, these guys are just like Brandon Ayuk is just like crazy wide open all the time. He's finding Kittle for a deep shot here and there. Like Brock Purdy, when he's when he's not concussed, he's one hell of a quarterback. I give him credit. Pretty good. He is pretty good. He gets the job done. All right. From that on to the Buffalo Bills, the now Ken Dorseyless Buffalo Bills. Uh, they uh, first game under the helm of Joe Brady and the Bills handle the Jets. I mean. I, told you they were going to smash the shit out of them right 32 to 6 bills go to 6 and 5 in the season jets fall to 4 and 6 um stefan diggs the last two weeks has totaled seven receptions for 61 scoreless yards he had four for 27 this past game teams have been eliminating him from the offense and forcing Josh Allen to throw everywhere else, which he is doing he's throwing touchdowns to ty johnson to james cook to khalil shakir i mean it's it, this cannot be making Trayvon Diggs happy. I'm wondering what he is tweeting today with his uh, his big brother getting <laughs> pretty much shelved for the last two weeks. You know, it sucks because Stefan Diggs is a wide receiver one on everyone's lineup, and he has been not that um, the, the last two weeks. Next up, we have the Los Angeles Rams hosting. Your Seattle Seahawks, John, the Rams win an ugly one, 17 to 16. The Rams go to four and six on the season. The Seahawks fall to six and four. Cooper Cup gets hurt again. I'm already told it's a low ankle, but this dude, he's it's a snake bit season for him after an injured last year. I mean, we might be seeing the decline um, of Cooper Cup, but it did allow Puka Nakua to pop again. Matt Stafford back in the lineup. Cooper Cup hurt. Nakua goes five for 70 and a touchdown supposedly getting Kyron Williams back next week. We might actually see the offense that started the year again, which was 100% Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua led, uh, as long as Matt Stafford can stay under center. From that game on to the Sunday night special, I guess we'll call it, and this is the one game where I didn't pick a stat from the winners because there's just really nothing to talk about with the Broncos. They hosted and won 21-20. to They go to 5-5 five and five in the season. The Vikings had their first loss post uh, Justin Jefferson injury and are still a six and five team. Ty Chandler should be the starter unequivocally. I know the Alexander Madison passed concussion protocol, but Chandler just brings a different dynamic 10 for 73 rushing another four for 37 receiving, like give him the, I mean, 14 touches is probably enough for him, but they used, they ran it a lot. Tyler, uh, Alexander Madison had 18 carries himself uh, on the week and two targets. So that's a lot of work to the running back position. Um, that's what Josh Dobbs likes to do, tight ends and running backs. And that's who they got involved. But I just think Chai Chandler could sneaky, sneaky upside rest of the season if he continues to see, you know, at least 12 touches in any given week. I do think he should be uh, the starting running back in Minnesota. And lastly, the Monday night special. My Philadelphia Eagles 
headed to Kansas City to dispatch of those Kansas City Chiefs. 21 to 17. Eagles 9 and 1 on the season tops in the NFL. Chiefs fall to 7 and 3. Chiefs failed to score a single point in the second half. Marcus Valdez Scantling did Marcus Valdez Scantling things and dropped a bunny of a touchdown that would have put them ahead. <laughs> and my ultimate takeaway was the passing game was non-existent. Jalen Hurts threw for 150 passing yards on the game, and he was trumped by Patrick Mahomes' whopping 177 passing yards. It was rainy and sloppy out there, but this game was not the game that me or Kansas City or the NFL or anyone had in mind last night. It was run-based, defensive-minded matchup that went heavy under. Under was 46. We only hit 38 points uh, on the game. And again, like I said, Chiefs with no points scored in the second half of this one. I needed I needed like five more points from uh, Hertz and Mahomes in different leagues. So yeah, I felt good going into that game. And then, yeah, I just kept checking the score and I'm like, Oh, fuck. I'm not going to get there, am I? <laughs> I mean, luckily, Hurts ran for two, right? So, I mean, he he get kind of got away with it a little bit. I mean, I still <laughs> needed five. wasn't enough for me, though. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. not yeah. Hey, thanks for that. But, no, not enough <laughs> of enough. Yeah, I mean, Hurts only threw it 22 times. You know, no touchdowns, one interception passing. Mahomes threw it 43 times and had 177 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. That is just mind-boggling. Well, 4.1 average while Hertz had at least a respectable 6.8 yards per attempt. I mean, Mahomes, tons of drops, tons of drops on the, on the week, but on, on the night, but still, I mean, you just don't I mean, see to that be that fair way. to MVS. It did hit him directly. In directly the in the hands. <laughs> yeah. What was he supposed to do? <laughs> I watched it like three times. I was like, let me double check I mean, this. I was like, I was like, fuck, that was the best, could have been the best ball of the whole year. I was going to say, I think Aikman said it. He's like, that Mahomes couldn't have placed it in his hand, like walked down and placed it in his hand any better. <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah. I mean, even the trajectory of it, it was like flattened out, like right at his hand. Like it was perfect. It was literally a perfect. It was awesome. It was, yeah. a, it was a fantastic drop. And uh, listen, I'm an Eagles fan. I was watching this game live. I, I saw it happening. And I did not have that immediate fear that we had lost the game. Isn't that odd? Like I'm like, God, that's MBS. I, I, I knew there was a chance. I knew there was a chance that he was going to drop it because he had dusted Bradley Roby on that. And of course, he did. he's fast as shit, but he also has two of the worst hands in the NFL. Yeah, it was fantastic. Put the guy in safety. Hey, imagine if. Uh, Imagine if they had a receiver. You know, they had like a Tyreek Hill on their team. Hmm. You know, gotta stop acting like gotta stop acting like they can, you know, get away with these patchwork players. Just like pepper Carlson, the shit. Justin Watson dropped a ton of passes. You know, just uh, pepper Reggie Rice. I don't understand it. He's been oh, they proven refuse. the only competent one. They refuse. I'm like, oh, where is he? he? Seemed like he was barely in the game. I mean, he saw five targets. He was a, he was the third most targeted player in the game. But I mean, you have to get eleven targets to Justin Watson, right? I mean, that's just that's a, that's a mandatory yeah. minimum, right? Oh, I mean, you got to do that. Right? I I yes, I didn't even realize this. He finished over three on the night. He did goose egg, total total goose egg. That's the if if the drop wasn't enough, he contributed nothing to this team. He would have been better off being inactive. He took away, yeah. Yeah, he would have been better off being inactive. Am I right? So, yeah. 
moving on to the trends. Not a lot this week because I, I didn't look at the uh, Thursday teams because that was already covered. We had four on the buy, so that's eliminating 10. So I, I had a very small pool to draw from. But uh, starting with Tennessee Titans, last two weeks, Chris Moore, 83% snap share, 75%. Means nothing really because that passing offense stinks. Um, I didn't see Westbrook Akinney picked up a new injury. I know he's a little banged up recently, but uh, Chris Moore appears to be the wide receiver too with Traylon Burks out. Um, this is just, which we knew, an awful passing attack with awful weapons. They're doing Levis no favors. Kind of interesting though. We've liked Chig for a while. Josh Wiley, uh, rookie tight end out of Tennessee. I mean, you always like digging through these uh, tight ends here. He has seen 43% selection like two weeks in a row. Ends, yeah. I do huh? like that. I do like digging through tight ends. I do. Yeah. So <laughs> deep as possible. <laughs> but uh, but he, uh, he worth a stash, especially if you're a tight end premium league. I didn't I didn't love the landing spot because I like Chig and I didn't like the uh, offense as a whole for the passing game. But eh, worth a stash if he's out there. He was picked up in quite a few leagues in draft season. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, we were wondering what it's going to look like with Goddard not in there. Uh, it was Julio Jones, 57% snap share. His previous high was 31, so he's going to be the de facto tight end as long as Goddard's out there. Stoll did get two targets. Julio only got two targets, so he was out there more. Wasn't necessarily involved much. We'll see if that changes going forward, but could could present some matchup problems down the stretch here. Uh, the New York Jets, who finally have uh, conceded <laughs> it's a lost year. Izzy Ebenkanana, our boy Ooh. Izzy, finally got in there. First game of the year, 18% snap share, had one carry for 11, two targets, hauled in one for five yards. They caught Michael Carter for a reason. They obviously probably wanted to see what they had in Izzy there as like a, a, a two to uh, Brees Hall. Could be interesting down the stretch, and obviously the answer ain't Delvin Cook. So a, a year from now, assuming Aaron Rodgers comes back, they make more changes on offense, he could be a, a you know, we talk about these running back committees and guys you can plug in on the bye weeks. It'll be interesting to see what they get out of Izzy down the stretch and another guy if you're looking to stash for Dynasty. Um, Xavier Gibson, kind of a, you know, dart throw guy at wide receiver, 79%. These old guys they brought in to make Rodgers happy. I know he likes Lazard. Lazard's got a big deal. He's not going anywhere. But if you're looking for a dynasty play, I like Gibson to be like a wide receiver three going forward there. If you think Aaron Rodgers will come back and can carry him worth a stash, another stash moving to the Miami Dolphins. Julian Hill, tight end, who was undrafted. They had him uh, one of the surprise undrafted free agents that was uh, on a team to start the year. He's been there all year. Finally saw 67% snap share. I think Durham Smythe was out. He had one catch on one target for 10 yards, and then he did <laughs> lose a fumble on that play. So, ah. um, yeah. Again, undrafted free agent guy. Takes Tata and years to develop, but just like Josh Wiley, if you're looking to stash a deeper tight end, he's the only guy worth a shit that has upside on that roster. They may address it in the draft in the next year or two, but might be worth keeping an eye on the Las Vegas Raiders. You know who's someone who I thought was okay, especially in PPR, but then has just disappeared was Hunter Renfro. Then magically out of nowhere this week, five targets, five catches for 48 yards uh, on the year. 
He's got 18 receptions for 178. So a giant portion of that came in this week. Is that Could that be a trend going forward? It probably should. I mean, I like Jacoby Myers. Uh, obviously, everybody likes Devontae Adams, but th- there's no reason they can't get a third wide receiver involved. It's not like Mayer has been a transcendent talent this rookie year. This team is fucked anyway. Get 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 Use Renfro so you can at least dangle him out there as trade bait in the offseason. But I, I, I like Renfro as a PPR guy. Hopefully, they address the quarterback position or something with this offense. There'll be a lot of turnover there, but Renfro could be a buy low target for me. The Los Angeles Rams. Have you heard the name Austin Trammell before? (laughs) Well, (laughs) with Cooper cup out, Austin Trammell saw a 69% snap share. He was the number two wide receiver target with six targets in this game. Didn't turn it into much, but we have seen this Rams team turn much lesser wide receivers than Austin Trammell, who's a big special teams guy. I think he's their main kick returner. Um, turn these guys into the usable fantasy assets. My guess going forward with Cooper Cup with this ankle sprain, it's going to be Puka, of course, Atwell number two. And I think Trammell's their number three. And the way they've spread the ball to three wide receivers in the last couple of years, Trammell could actually be a pretty useful flex play down the stretch. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, D. Ernest Johnson seems to have supplanted Tanks Bigsby the last two weeks as the RB2 there hasn't amounted to shit. But if ATN were to miss any time, Johnson could be a pretty fringy RB2, I think, uh, pushing into the playoffs. Are you ready for this? This is my new favorite stat of the year. Cleveland Browns. Cedric Tillman, the last three weeks, 74, 85, 88% snap share over three weeks. Walk, can you guess what he's turned that volume? And he's the clear number two in snaps. Do you know what he's turned that volume into on the uh, field over three weeks? Two targets. Close. Six targets. Two receptions. He hauled in two receptions. Yeah, guess, there we go. <laughs> guess, guess how many yards? Zero. Five. <laughs> he's got... Here, so then I, I was like, all right, what's this? What's this? What's a year total look like for this guy? Two hundred and thirty-one snaps. How many targets on the year? Uh, what'd you say? Six in three games. Thirty-four. Yeah. Oh, you are the the most generous man on earth. Two hundred thirty-one snaps. He's gotten nine targets. <laughs> Oh, in a year. I don't know. Why I was extrapolating. Out. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen. He's just he's just running the Devon, the uh, Donovan Peoples Jones routes now, which are just it's pure insane. clear out routes, and targets are going to three people still because I'm pretty sure Elijah Moore still seeing work. But it's literally DTR is Reed and Joku, Reed Cooper, and if not, dump it to Elijah Moore. <laughs> I think it's pretty away. much. I think it's yeah, we're run away. Yeah. That's where it's at. It's never progressed to Reed four. Cedric Tillman, never. If you're, you're, it's too long. If you've gotten there, crazy, it is too long. Yeah, it's uh, going to be a lost season for him. I still like the player. I like that they moved, um, People's Jones out to get him snaps, but he's not. There's not going to be any production this year. But I do like that he's no. on the field. Um, it just bodes well for him next year when I don't know what Amari Cooper's contract situation looks like, but it's got to be coming due, um, for him that. There could be a role for Cedric Tillman as early as next year with Deshaun Watson yeah. return. But yeah, I mean that's yeah that's the usage the yucky. the snap. How do I word this? Because it's not he's not being used. 
The snaps are promising, but yeah, the usage is not. Um, moving to the Chicago Bears. Running back there is just a giant mess now. Khalil Herbert came back, uh, led them 43% snaps here. Uh, Roshan Johnson second with 33%. The other form is still involved, 24%. That is a full-blown committee. I don't see that changing uh, the remainder of this season. The Carolina Panthers. <laughs> Since week three, Chuba Hubbard has been the clear number one in snaps each week. They came out of the bye. He was way ahead of him the last, I believe, two or three weeks in a row. Chuba was way ahead of Miles Sanders. Then all of a sudden, this week, almost split down the middle, 49 to 46%. Out of nowhere, Miles Sanders has sucked there all year. It's been a giant disappointment. And then they finally get some run, get a little juice out of Chuba, and they split the baby for no reason. So a guy who I thought was – Frank Reich took play calling dues back like one or two weeks after oh, he gave him the you're other guy. Right. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm going down swinging. So he has to go back with, with his boy, you know, that he brought in to lead this backfield. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's awfulness. You know, creature, creature comforts. Yep. That's, and then, uh, that explains it all. Last and certainly least, Arizona Cardinals. James Conner returned to action and the clear number two now, Tony Jones. For whatever reason, I don't know, but. That's the pecking order now, one, two. It kind of changes week to week depending on who's healthy, the whims of the coaching staff. I'm not quite sure what they're doing there, but now it's Tony Jones. So you can get rid of your uh, DeMarcado and Ingram and uh, Corey Clement, and the list goes on and on of guys that have hit a small run there out in the desert. But garbage, perfect place to end on these sad, sad trends. Yeah, I'm. I'm still gonna. I'm still gonna keep the light on for Amari De Mercado. He's been inactive the last two weeks with injury, so I think that explains the Tony Jones thing. Doesn't explain the Keontae Ingram who was there getting pipped by a dude they just brought in during the season, off of waivers. But I'm not going to cut De Mercado just yet. Not that I think there's a huge runway for him, but James Conner is not long for this league, and I think De Mercado is a better talent than. I mean, they have Jones, to draft somebody, right? Unless, yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, they have they have a ton of problems, but you know they can get a day three running back in there. But I think that it's it's been Tony Jones because Dan Mercado's been injured. All right, yeah, that's uh some some amazing amazing stats. I was I was stuck on uh, Julian uh, Hill, where I was like, he went to like a school I'd never heard of before. Do you know what school he went to? The the Miami Dolphins tight end. I I did because I but I forgot already. But it's a famous soup. Campbell. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, what? Campbell. I didn't even know there was a Campbell College. Nah, there's, I, I, I know there was a soup. Um, yeah, so know, yeah. the, there's only one famous soup, and yeah. I'm positive there's not a chunky college. <laughs> oh, listen, don't be positive anything these days, buddy. Yeah, there's creating schools to play high school football. You don't think they can have some far off colleges, chunky university? Nah, there, there's a world. There's a world where that exists, John. But from this already trend, let's just talk about a few of these players. You know, where breakouts, busts, and buys is going to be a little truncated this week. And you know, I just want to talk a little bit more about you know some players year to date, right? And then I'll get into some buys at this point. You know, breakouts have probably all been realized now. There's not people just constantly breaking out week over week over week, right? And Austin Trammell. Well, other than clearly Austin Trammell, um, you know, how bad does Ben Skoranek have to be? Yeah, you know, he's been there for like two years. You know, just get 
Austin trammeled, you know, at, at the end of the day. But speaking of the LA Rams, Puka Nakua and Garrett Wilson are tied for sixth in the NFL in wide receiver targets. I thought that was bonkers. New Nakua came out of the gate super hot, but then he waned for a couple weeks. And then the Garrett Wilson thing just threw me for a loop. I knew they were hyper-targeting him lately, but these two are both in the top six in targets at the wide receiver position for the year. And it's like, if only if only they both had better quarterback play. You know, we could be, we could be on to something here. Who knows? Maybe Tim Boyle fixes it all for Garrett Wilson. Rushing touchdown leaders. Can you guess who are one and two in rushing touchdowns on the season? We, we did this. Gus Edwards and um, fuck. we just did this. I don't remember you, who's one. You, you did bring it up last week. Yes. That's Raheem Mostert. I, I only saw that because yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Gus Edwards touchdowns, but it's just like, just like we thought, right? You know, a 30 some year old running back and a 29 year old running back are, are one and two. David Montgomery would be up there if he didn't miss some time. TJ Hawkinson has 102 targets already on the season. That is 21 more than any other tight end. And and he just had a shitty week where um, Josh Oliver stole his touchdown, but crazy how much volume this dude is getting. I mean, it's, it's a lot of it's product of uh, Justin Jefferson being out and then Josh Dobbs hyper targets the, the tight end position, but just crazy the, the volume that he is getting and how far he is from the field. So just a, just a couple Little stats of when I was rolling through the players that I was I was surprised to see as like who are the leaders by position. So as far as uh breakouts busting buys, John, what do you got for me? So just kind of weekly matchup stuff again. Uh some targets this week, a little lesser owned guys. Minshew against Tampa, good matchup. Uh not sure what's going on. I was looking before we started. Carr has not cleared concussion protocol, but well, don't love him so much, but I do like Winston, uh, possibly against Atlanta. Get out there firing some YOLO balls. He, he's fun to watch. He's a madman off the field, on the field, eating, eating W's, stealing crab legs. This guy's uh, definitely entertaining. And then um, I, I'm going to roll the dice with old Kenny Pickett. Let's cross our fingers and think it was all Matt Canada. I, I did like Pickett coming out that I think he would be Peyton Manning. No, but I think the talent was there. There's a reason he was the only first round guy. Uh, you know, does it change in one week that I don't know, but I know it, it won't be worse without Matt Canada there since he's a good matchup for him. Uh, moving to running backs. Actually, this is more of a question for you. I, I wrote Kyron Williams down. He is supposed to come back this week. They've had Henderson heavily involved. They've had uh, Royce Freeman involved. What do you think this usage looks like this week? I like whoever against Arizona, but I'm very – I have a team that I have all three. I don't know what to do. Where are you going? <laughs> I mean, Kyron Williams missed a, a lot of time, right? He missed well over four, four weeks, weeks plus the bye. Four games and oh, the bye. Oh, that was, was it. it. Okay. I, I felt like it was way more than that. So I was like, he's got to be like super ready. You know, at this point in time, um, that's the good. You got to think it goes back to Williams. He was just super productive at the time. I mean, it's been crazy that Freeman has been the preferred option. Henderson was getting the, you know, he got the goal line touch and then he's obviously preferred passing downs back, but just the volume that Royce Freeman was getting, he's been pretty productive with it. (laughs) Um, by and large on the season, he had a shitty game against green Bay, but he's, he's been, been good other than that. Um, 
5.5 yards per attempt against Pittsburgh, 4.9 against Dallas, 4.3 against Seattle. Like he's he's gotten the job done. Uh, so I would think that Kyron Williams is likely going to take the passing down work from Darrell Henderson and you know get the lion's share of the rushing down work. So I would be starting Kyron Williams, then Freeman, and I would probably be benching Darrell Henderson, honestly, because he, he hasn't even really looked that good, honestly. He's he's been bad. I mean, he's been he's been floundering. He goes 18 for 61 his first game. Everyone's like, oh, he might be on this one here. It's still only 3.1, four yards per carry, but had a touchdown. Next week against Dallas, 12 for 31, 2.6 per carry. Week after that against Green Bay, who's not a good run defense. 10 for 19, 1.9 per carry. Against Seattle, six for one yard, 0.2 yards per rush with that one touchdown. He has literally just gotten progressively worse uh, on a per-touch basis week over week since they brought him in. So I think this is just in time. For Kyron Williams to come back, and I do think Bruce Freeman will be this, you know, the the change of pace breather back for him. I I, I like it. Yeah, I, I was setting lineups before we started, and I was like, uh, all three of these guys. What am I going to do this week? Um, all right, moving on to the terrible New York Giants uh, run defense against the New England Patriots. Patriots coming off the bye. You know what I like? I like Zeke Elliott reviving his. Uh, NFC East roots here and getting a night, having a nice game against these hapless giants. Uh, the, the, what, how do you want to call it? The shortcomings of this new England passing game. They, they have to know it's a problem and they're going to want to go to running the ball. I would assume uh, since they have, I've, I'm told a smart coaching staff. So I think Zeke and Ramondre, but obviously if you have Stevenson, you're already playing them. So plug Zeke in there. And you mentioned him earlier. I love Ty Chandler against the Bears on Monday Night Football. Moving to wide receiver, not much this week. I loves me some Khalil Shakir against your Philadelphia Eagles. And then tight end, just a couple of guys. Uh, Evan Ingram against Houston is a good matchup. Seems to be Kate Otten has a good matchup every week. Somehow his name gets thrown out week in and week out. And uh, I'm looking at matchups, not the player. So as much as I would be touting him anyway, uh, things are lining up. And uh, this one's going to be hurtful to you. But I love Isaiah Likely against it. Dog shit Chargers secondary that is particularly bad against tight ends. So those are some guys to target this week. I like Likely as a big DFS play too. Um, guys to fade this week. Russell Wilson against a Cleveland secondary. No thanks. And especially now, like, Denver's won a few games and people are, like, coming around if you're reading headlines. Why Denver's turnaround is for real. Let's crash back to earth a bit against a tough defense this week. Um, I'm fading the, the chargers matchup against Baltimore is atrocious. I, I know the chargers matrix would tell you they're going to win this week. However, I don't believe that to be the case. I think they lay a fucking egg against the Ravens and um, why not fire up or no, why not fade? Will Levis against Carolina Carolina sucks, but their secondary has been pretty good. They've been pretty good against uh, opposing quarterbacks. Now, is that a product of teams kicking the shit out of them and having to having a lead and then running a little more? Certainly possible, but uh, given what's going on with the weapons uh, in in Tennessee, I would much rather not play Will Levis if I can avoid it. Uh, running backs: James Cook against your Philadelphia Eagles. That Philly run defense is for real. Cook has in a bad spot here. Atlanta's run defense surprisingly good uh, against fantasy running backs. So. I'm not interested in Kamara, especially with the mystery at uh, quarterback there. And Bijan versus the, the tough Saints run defense. They're not even using him properly. 
the bad matchup on top of it. So uh, my expectation would be very limited for him uh, going into Friday here. Not, not a true fade. First time they've matched up this year, the Jets and the Dolphins. But I, I don't think we see a giant game from Tyreek Hill. I think Sauce Gardner does a pretty good job to limit that giant, you know, 10 catch, 150, two touchdown games you have become too uh, accustomed seeing from Tyreek Hill. So I don't think it happens this week. Uh, again, going back to the Cleveland game with Denver, they're going to shut down Sutton this week. I don't see a lot of points in that one. I mentioned the Chargers bad matchup. It looks like, uh, damn it, Baltimore's uh, Lattimore, whoever they're top. No, it's not Lattimore. No, Marlon Humphrey. Marlon, Marlon Humphrey is supposed to. Get, I know he got hurt last week, but looks like he is going to play this week. Hmm. Um, so it sounds like he should be on Keenan Allen. And I, again, hate this matchup for the Chargers. So I think Keenan Allen, similar to Tyreek Hill, he, he's going to get force fed. So the targets will be there. But we've seen a few monster games the last couple weeks, but I don't think we see another one this week. And I'm fading Levis, so I got to fade DeAndre Hopkins against Carolina. And then the last two fades, Tyler Higby against Arizona. Arizona's been good against tight ends. Get Higby out of there, even with the other without Cup. Typically, you want to get Higby in, but not this week. And I'm going to just keep going against the Chargers. If Gerald Everett is healthy, do not play him against Baltimore. And if he is not, whoever they plug in there, Parham or this other guy that you never heard of that caught a touchdown last week, Nobody against Baltimore from the Chargers. And those are the matchup plays this week. Well, the other guy no one ever heard of is Stone Smart. That's right. Goofy looking third tight end. You know, not that Donald Parham's like goofy enough himself. He's giant. We talked about that before, about how he's clearly taller than 6'8", even though he's listed as it. But, yeah, so, yeah, I think that some some pretty astute observations. I was starting to look through the Sunday slate, right, and there's only one game Sunday – you know, the whole Sunday and Monday night slate that's above a three and a half point line. It's the Raiders are getting nine and a half against the Chiefs at home. But there's a lot of touchdown or less games um, with low totals, like totals in the 30s, you know, like 33 and a half for the Patriots Giants, 37 for the Panthers Titans, 35 and a half for the Browns Broncos. You know, it's a uh, might not be points of plenty. Um, and that's that's not good for for where we're at with injuries and, and projections from Vegas. So, I uh, I like focusing on some of these matchups uh, at this point in time, like you did. So, nothing to add from from that perspective. Just a few guys from a uh, you know might be on your waiver wire. Could be someone you'd want to add at this point in time. Uh, don't really know how bad Kenneth Walker's injury is. Of course, Zach Charbonnet is going to pick up the lion's share of the work. But DJ Dallas usually finds himself in a kind of a pass downs plus role when that happens. Um, I do think there's a there's a world where he can be productive short term for you um, while we get you know better clarity on this Kenneth Walker oblique injury. But you know, uh, Pete Carroll came out, you know, positive Pete came out and said his injury is legit. That's literally the first time I've ever heard anyone refer to an injury as legit. <laughs> but you got to think that's terrible. You know, that's tragic. You know, coming out of Pete Carroll's mouth. So I'm I want to rule out an IR stint. Um, for Kenneth Walker, which is huge for Zach Charbonnet owners, but I think go out and get you a DJ Dallas on the cheap. Another guy who I had a few shares of um, and liked the landing spot was Chris Rodriguez Jr. So uh, Antonio Gibson was out last week, and Rodriguez was the the running back too. He was productive uh, on a per touch basis. I I truly believe he's a better running back than Brian Robinson um, at this point in time. So even just from a dynasty stash, you know, in a shower league where he might not be on someone's taxi squad at present, you might want to go out and 
you know, place a cheap bid on Chris Rodriguez Jr. They might want to see what they have in the kid as they come down the stretch, um, not being a playoff team and all. I do think Donald Parham is a decent ad. They've been getting him more and more involved. He is definitely a red zone threat as they have less and less options at their disposal. Um, in the pass catching game, there is no way Justin Herbert's going to go back to Quinton Johnson anytime soon. So for as far as big bodied receivers are concerned, it's Donald Parham and or bust. So uh, give it, you know, albeit in spite of the matchup, I do still like Donald Parm in the game. He plays a little different role than Gerald Everett, who's really the move tight end. And then lastly, was you know, I talked about Jaden Reed at the beginning of this. I do truly believe he's the, the wide receiver one in Green Bay, but I like what Dontavian Wicks has been doing. Um, big yeah. body playing on the outside. I mean, he's he, he short of touchdowns, he's doing what people want Christian Watson to do, you know, 20 plus yard average, I believe on the season, just pretty productive player, you know, kind of a forgotten man in that receiver core because everyone was so high on Christian Watson, you know, Romeo Dubs was still hanging around. Jaden Reed was there. Then they go add Luke Musgrave, like Dontavian Wicks was like a late day three kid. who's was just, you know, pretty forgotten about, but he's been productive, um, you know, on a, on a per touch basis. I think he's a guy that you might want to just sit on the end of your roster you know, in a dynasty league, I guarantee you he's sitting out there a little bit here and there. Um, you're not going to want to plug him in, I would assume, short week against the Lions. But I think he's a he's a valuable add um, to make. I'm just looking up his stats real quick. Yeah, I mean, he's only got – what's he got on the season? He's uh, He's got 32 targets, scored 20 of them for 331 yards. So 16.6 yard average, one touchdown uh, on the season. So the last couple of weeks, you know – He's three for 51, three for, I'm sorry, the last three, last three weeks, four for 49, three for 51, three for 91. I mean, the kid's getting it done. Um, you know, he's securing the ball. He's, he's caught all but two targets in the last three weeks. He's seen four targets, you know, four, four and five targets in those last three weeks. Looks like he's getting more involved in the offense. Uh, there's opportunity in that Green Bay passing attack. I don't think anyone's guaranteed a role in the future. Um you know, given what's happening, and Christian Watson's falling on his face. Romeo Dubs is hit or miss. I do think Jaden Reed's locked, but Dontavian Wicks is a guy I think you should be adding. Yeah, I, you know, we for years we just talked about how fucking Aaron Rodgers had no weapons, and we've talked about it a little more. The um, last seems like probably three weeks. I'll take. Let's see, fuck what order the Packers have them in. Let's bump Watson to fourth, which I think is where we both are. <laughs> they have, I would argue, when healthy, they have the best four wide receivers in football right now. At, le- at least as young potential guys. I mean, there's a lot more, you know, established, bona fide, legit year in year out wide receiver ones and twos on a few teams like Higgins and Chase and Boyd, but. What's their fourth Trenton Irwin, for example, but like that, that is the most dripping with upside four wide receivers I could think of on any team. So it's a shame Jordan Love's gonna fucking ruin it. Yeah, right. Super upside. And then listen, throw the pass catching tight end in like a Luke Musgrave as a young tight oh, end. Too. So when you start talking about like the Bengals, they don't have nothing at tight end. So you start really Been talking a fan like of Musgrave for years. Yeah, you start talking like pass catching crews. Like, yeah, they don't they don't have the alpha. You know, that like a Jamar Chase is, but you're right. I mean, just as far as young upside pass catchers, I mean, listen, uh, Bryce Young would murder somebody for this receiver crew. Two years from and now, a nice kid. Would you be, you, you said they don't have an alpha. Two years from now, would you be shocked if Dubs is not a year in? Uh, forget quarterback play. Let's just assume average level, mid middle of the pack quarterbacking. 
Dubs and Reed could both be in the conversation. There's the potential there. Yeah, I mean, listen, Dubs has seven touchdowns on the year. He's clearly who Jordan Love likes to go to. I I moved Dubs in in one of the leagues we're in just to keep Traylon Burst because of the upside. You know, because I just don't yeah. think Dubs is special, but I could be wrong. I mean, you know, he's he's clearly got a nose for the end zone, you know, in his short time. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's guys that they didn't sig- sink a significant amount of capital in either. They didn't use a first round pick on any of these guys. It's still like the, the Packers MO. They just don't use first round picks on wide receivers, but you know, they, they find guys with traits, um, you know, and, and they're all kind of different uh, uh, as well. So it's be interesting to get Aaron Rodgers take on this pass catching crew. Let's <laughs> uh, see what he thinks he could do with them. Better, better than what he's got the, with the Jets. Superstars abound. Yeah. Yeah. But that's all I got, Johnny. So let's take us out of here and have everyone have a fantastic Thanksgiving day. Get, get yourself a pizza. There <laughs> Enjoy you your meal. So Enjoy that'll do it for us. And a Thanksgiving uh, Black Friday episode, this one. So <laughs> for myself, Johnny Barry, my co-host, Matt Walker, our friends that expand the box score, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. Fly, Eagles, fly on the road to victory. Yeah, I think Southwest will like still get you on the flight, but they're like, we can't guarantee your bags on the plane. I'm like, okay. I don't <laughs> we'll give the fuck. I'll come I'll go back to the airport and pick it up. No big deal for me. Well no, they still shit don't they still drop it off at your hotel? I'm pretty sure they're required to do that. Um I, I don't know if it's your fault. It ended up not mattering. It got on the plane, but and we're <laughs> no, coming it, back to Vegas. It, like whatever. Is it your, is it your cow? Or, no, wait, I got this. I got this wrong. Is it your head? His cow. What's <laughs> 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 <But> your <laughs> I can't. <laughs> How did he fuck that up? <laughs> a cow's head up your ass. <laughs> yeah, hold on. No, it's got to be your cow. No. <laughs> oh, I miss that, dude. I wonder what he'd be doing now. I mean, because now he'd be. Well, I was going to say he'd be old, but all those guys are old. I was gonna, yeah. Say, yeah, he'd still be just. He probably would have died of something else. Honestly. Well, he would have just been in the piece. I mean, just take Kevin James out of every movie and replace it with Chris Farley. Ah, just, just naturally better. Yeah. Just, just imagine what, what could have been. Kevin James is terrible. And then more movies with David Spade. (laughs) Which he only, yeah, he only works with <laughs> Farley now. Like his, he's not funny to me when he's on his own. But with Farley, he's great. You ever see Spade with Norm McDonald doing stuff? They're pretty good together. Well, well listen, Norm McDonald's but, one of one. Right, Norm McDonald's also, also like, dead. By the way, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anybody? That's, that's how this game works? Adam Sandler better look out. <laughs> ah, listen, he's now making like kids shows. Like Leo just came out today. Me and the family are watching it tonight. The Netflix special. It's about like a lizard. He's a lizard. It's like a pet, like at a school. But the kids have to take the pet home or some shit like that. I don't even know. The, the David Spade.
co-star mortality rate is very high. <laughs> it's, it's unreasonably high. <laughs> 